Welcome to Security on the Bayou. I'm your host, Chris Adkins. A recap of today's security news and why it matters to you. All right, welcome back. It is Wednesday, January 30th, 2020. Um, Chris Adkins, Security on the Bayou. We've got a... uh, got a few good ones for you today. We'll start off at the very top with the Google bug bounty program. Um, they spent a record sum this year. I believe I saw this trending on Twitter last night. Um, so I think the uh, report's fairly new. Um, let's see here. Numbers were this. Um, last year it paid out $6.5 million um, in 2019. Double what it did in 2018 of $3.4 million. Um, the largest award was 200 grand um, for somebody from Alpha Labs who discovered exploit in the Pixel 3. So um, and this is a good sign overall, right? That uh, these companies are paying out more and more in their bug bounty programs. I'd be curious, I, I have to dig into the numbers here. I'm curious how many vulnerabilities that was um, for $6.5 million. You know, curious about the economies here. Um, is it more valuable for them just to hire more folks or keep doing this? I know it's goodwill and you know this provides income for other folks and it's a good thing all around. But I'm curious from the business sense of um, how this works. $6.5 million could buy a lot of researchers, right? Um, so I hope they keep going. That's a good sign. Um, more and more people start paying out bug bounties. You see it across all the big guys. Um, so all in all, good stuff. Um, I hope it doubles again next year or this year, I should say. I think that'd be a good thing um, to keep that, see that keep going. All right, next, a, uh, the botnet report. This came from uh, Spam House. Spam House releases their numbers every year of uh, the number of botnets that they see uh, globally, which if you've, you know, if you've worked in a SOC environment or any sort of security operations environment, you know Spam House very well. Um, I know we used to use it all the time in, uh, in our phishing investigations to figure out um, any information we could on IP addresses, domains, and such. So there's some interesting numbers in here. And also, my, my apologies, that first one, the Google um, VRP, that was an article on Yahoo, even though that's one of those articles you could find anywhere. Uh, this next one is from Dark Reading, so about the botnets. And I'm sure you could go straight to Spam House and get the whole, all the numbers. Let's see here. Um, also a big jump this year. It was a 71% increase over last year. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of new botnets and C2 servers. Um, part of me wonders if they didn't have full visibility because that's a huge jump. I know that there's always going to be an increase, but I'm curious about the visibility aspect of it. Um, let's see here. Some good numbers. Um, this surprised me. Um, the country with the most uh, botnet C2 servers was the United States. Um, which is interesting. I, I would not have guessed that. I probably would have put it maybe third or fourth on my list uh, behind some other well-known large countries. Um, but interesting, it, you know, one of the things they talk about in this article is the lack of um, knowing your customer. Uh, know your customer is a big deal in the financial world, obviously. Um, so I'm curious about uh, if there's any repercussions for hosting services uh, based on these numbers. Um, it's always good to get ahead of these things before they become regulated, right? So 
these folks should uh, start um, doing a bit more know your customer. Some other interesting numbers in here, um, they talked about the increase in, um, in China and Russia. So in Russia, uh, it increased 143% from 2018. Um, they, there were an additional 700 botnet C2 servers um, in Russia. There's also a large jump in China as well. Um, well I don't see the number. Here's another one. Uh, they actually call out a specific company. Cloudflare um, had 1,500 botnets on their uh, infrastructure. It's a lot. Uh, second place, Alibaba with China, uh, which only had 629. So first place was double of second place, um, which is interesting considering Cloudflare and what they do. And I know I recommend it to my customers a lot. Um, they, obviously good DDoS mitigation and other tools. There's all kinds of stuff you can start layering in there with, with Cloudflare. So that's sort of surprising, but um, I guess maybe not. Ah, it is. Uh, so it, they go on in the article to talk about customer vetting, which I already hit on already. Um, it needs to be, there needs to be more of it. Pretty plain and simple. All right, next. <clears throat> Excuse me. This from the CBC, uh, straight out of Canada. Uh, hackers were paid ransom after attack on Canadian insurance firm, court documents reveal. So this is your ransomware of the day. Uh, obviously, I, I highlight ransomware every day. I'm going to continue to do that. Uh, this one was interesting uh, because of the way it happened and who paid and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the total ransom was 1.2 million, um, but they were able to negotiate it down to 950 grand. Um, another interesting part of this is that they didn't list the company um, and they did not list the insurer. So um, this was covered by the insurance company. We talked about that earlier this week. So good on Canadian company uh, for doing that. Um, and the, you know, to kind of pile on here, the thing that's most concerning is that this happened in October of last year. It's almost February. I mean, we're, we're, we're almost February 2020 and nobody knows who this company is. Um, and by all accounts, uh, the network contained information of customers, whether PII, HIPAA, um, uh, PCI data. I mean, there's a lot of things that could be out there, but we don't know, <laughs> which is concerning, right? It's been a while. Um, you know, at this point, I don't know when the last time you guys went and checked um, any of the dark web services. You can't see it on audio, I'm doing air quotes. Um, the, the dark web services, you plop your, um, your email address or credit card number or any of those. I know AT&T, my cell provider has one, which is an interesting, um, interesting thing. I only give them so much stuff, right? Because I, I don't trust them as much either. Uh, but you pop all those things in there and you can go see, you know, where your uh, information has been compromised. And I, every time I check it, the list just grows and grows and grows and grows. So at this point, it's all out there, right? Um, I have, uh, I get emails at least once a week of somebody trying to log into my account. That wasn't me and I'm resetting passwords. I go reset the password, I should say. So, um, you know, this has been a common thing throughout the years of, of companies keeping these attacks secret. Um, I get it, 
bad for the reputation, but at some point you have a responsibility to your customer, right, that you need to alert them. This also makes me wonder about the, um, uh, the disclosure rules in Canada. I'm not fully um, you know, up to date on that, but my assumption is that waiting until now and still haven't released anything when the attack happened in October is probably violating some sort of regulation or law, um, unless they have a really good reason. Uh, let's see, anything else good in here? Uh, not really. I mean, they go on to talk about paying the ransom. So it's a calculated risk, right? You pay the ransom, you get the decryptor, it works great. And I've had customers ask me before, well, what do I do if they don't give me the decryptor, it doesn't work? I'm like, well, too bad. I, you know, they're still, they're still criminals, they're still bad guys. If you don't have proper backups, then what are you gonna do anyways? It's gone no matter what, so at least gotta try. Um, and if you're insured, this is exactly why you're insured. It's not money out of your pocket. Um, so once, go, once again, go get your cyber liability. All right, that should do it for today. Uh, it's Thursday, still Thursday the 30th. Everybody have a wonderful day, and uh, we'll talk again tomorrow. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can also visit us on Twitter, at SecOnTheBayou, on Instagram, at SecOnTheBayou, and on Facebook, guess where, at SecOnTheBayou. You can also find us on LinkedIn, Security on the Bayou. Guess what else? You can find us on the internet at SecOnTheBayou.com.